Welcome back to the Bigger Hunters podcast. It's your host, Hunter Dietl. Thanks for tuning in. Today we talked to Dustin Reese. He's a veteran, a father, and an avid waterfowler. Loves to hunt, loves to be in the outdoors. Honestly, an awesome guy to sit down and talk to. Today we kind of go through like it would be in the blind. We talk about anything from snow goose hunting, talked about Dustin's experience or his perception of that snow goose hunt. We talked about duck hunting, his plans for duck hunting, uh, talked about upland a little bit, talked about him and his kid, and it it's one of those episodes that's kind of refreshing for Jeremy and I. We sit down that with someone that we really enjoy talking to. We love talking to all our guests, but sitting down and just kind of talking about whatever. Uh, this really is kind of a BS blind talk uh, kind of podcast, and it, we end up talking for two hours. So, you know, honestly, it's, it's a great podcast, and you're going to love it. So tune in. Sit down, enjoy yourself. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Red Beard's Custom Calls. Andrew is an awesome guy. He makes some top-level duck and goose calls. He's a veteran, makes them all himself by hand. Um, I actually have a Mondo that he made. My wife has a, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a hot pink. She loves it. Easy to blow on, easy to call. Really good starter call if you have a kid. Um, the big thing that I want to talk about, though, is his cross guard, crossing guards, excuse me. That's his version of the goose call. There's a day I was up hunting with him up in South, well, I guess the Nebraska part, but uh, the corner of Nebraska and South Dakota saw this goose just cruising at probably five, 600 yards along the river. And if anybody is hunting that scenario on a field, they're really, it, it's hard to pull geese off a river when they're just kind of falling the river and just kind of messing around. It's honestly very hard. Next thing you know, he starts wailing on his call. Boom. Comes in, drops in, almost lands on one of the layouts. So this guy knows how to call geese. This is, I should say, goose hunting is in his blood. That's that's what I'll say. You just you can't find a guy that has better integrity, is better at making calls. Honestly, is an awesome dude. So make sure to check out his Facebook, Redbeard's Custom Calls. Make sure to get a crossing guard. And make sure to start, well, you need to start getting ready for next season and starting to practice. I know I'm starting. You need to, too. And Andrew's one of those guys, if you're struggling or need some help or some attention, he's going to he's gonna answer that phone call or he's going to answer that message. And he's going to give you advice. So you can't find a better guy like that to buy a, a call from. So high-quality calls, awesome dude. Hit up his Facebook, send him a message. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys jumping in the podcast with us. You're not gonna miss. You're not gonna. You're gonna miss out if you don't jump through the whole episode or listen to the whole episode. So let's go ahead and jump in. Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Your host Hunter Dydal and my co-host Jeremy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Yeah. You got to be Jeremiah today. Sure. Gonna you gonna be fancy. And our guest today, the infamous Dustin Reese. I don't know what's so infamous about it, but okay. I don't either. 
I just, you know, your brothers with Dan Reese, it just, it connects. <laughs> sure, I suppose. <laughs> a little bit different than him, but. Yeah, no, you're better than him. You got to let him, so when he, when you send it to him and he listens to this podcast, you can, you just know that I said that you're better than him. Yeah, he's not going to agree whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so how's the off season treating you? It's going all right. I mean, of course I miss it. Nothing to do. Sit around at home. Did some turkey hunting this year. Um, never really was a big turkey hunter. Didn't really care too much for it. Um, until I shot a turkey. <laughs> Did you and, shoot one this year? Yeah. Uh, oh, two and a half weeks ago. Nice. I, uh, I got some property I can hunt with one of my buddies out in Steenert. Up at oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've hunted that area. And uh, we went out there that morning and sat in the blind and right away had a couple uh, on the roost. And they went down went the opposite way. So I've been dealing with that all season. Yeah. It's been stupid this year, actually. They're still pretty pretty. Bunched up. I was down in I was down in Kansas last weekend, and even the ones further south of us are bunched up. I chased a tom all Sunday, one tom four hens. Is, is there a reason for that? I'm not a turkey hunter, so well, I, don't, I don't really know. They just birds aren't on nests yet. Mm. Could be young hens was kind of my guess. Jennies, as they refer to them, which is just your first year they're not totally mature yet but they will they're kind of like turkeys are similar to deer where near the end of the breeding season those young birds will be ready and Mm. they'll basically have a a trial year if you will so huh because every i don't know i hate to say this but from everything i've ever heard from people is like especially like later during like shotgun season turkeys tend to get really dumb and they're really easy to, like, call in. Well, it's because generally by now, most of the toms are alone. Like, there's not... Hens are... Hens should be on nests. In fact, actually, this week... The second week of May usually is when you even start to see hatches. Hmm. Um, but the spring was so slow. Yeah. That, like... I mean, the grasses are just now, like... Turning tall. green. Like, I mean, they're they've been green for a while, but... There's a certain height. Honestly, it sounds dumb, but for poults to run around as they're super small, I Makes mean, sense. They, they just get in the grass and disappear. But mm. I saw my first brood of uh, geese. This was a Wednesday. Geese geese hatched this week. Yeah, there's a bunch at the lakes around Lincoln. Saw a few while I was down in Kansas too. I thought about going to take pictures of them. That'd be pretty fun. I probably will at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I started seeing them a couple weeks ago. I just, I'm, I haven't really paid attention this year. I don't know. And then I just saw some the other day. I was like, oh, hey. Which, I mean, I'm surprised that they're, uh, the place they were at, I'm surprised they were at because they just like out in the open. But yet yeah, it is a residential neighborhood too. But I think, I don't know if I told you, I went by uh, Band City, we'll call it. Really? Oh, my goodness. Really? There's going to be a ton this year. Really? A ton. You have to come with us next Dustin, year. Have you? You haven't had a. Have you shot a band yet? No, I have not shot a band. I don't really worry too much about that. Um, if I can get a bird to give it up and do it, it's more important to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the guy that's really looking at feet. Oh, I don't look at feet either. But I mean, it is a cool aspect. I get. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I'm driving around and looking at birds, 
then I'm looking oh, yeah. at them and my wife's telling me to drive and stop being a moron. I don't for I think we're in the similar we were in the similar thought. Like if it happens, I'm excited. But if it doesn't happen, I don't really care that much. But also, I'm not gonna fight somebody over some band. If you really thought you shot at whatever, you can have it. It's not that I don't know. But, it's not the big deal. But yeah, I drove by it and there was like a, a dozen pairs. Yeah. I would venture to guess that lake usually does really, really good with hatches and then bird survival. That's why there's so many there. Yeah. I mean, I would guess there's probably uh, 60 to 100 new birds in that area this year. Hopefully they go in there and band them all. They, I don't know where exactly they band them, but it's really close to the lake. So hmm. there's also on the lake north that yep. Jordan knows about, there's a bunch there too this year. Really? And they ban those ones, but... A lot of those ones sit in the park. Yeah. So they're kind of hard to hunt. Have they even started banning birds again? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I shot one last year that was first year. I guess I really didn't pay any attention to it. Yeah. I really don't pay attention to banding in Nebraska. No, I honestly, until I shot my first one like six or seven years ago, I didn't know they banded them around Lincoln. It shocked me. So. I guess yeah. I didn't know about Lincoln. I knew about a couple spots like... I knew that I knew they uh Fremont area. They ban they banned them out by Sydney and Oshkosh area. Yeah. But other than that I didn't I just need to start banding spoonies. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. The last band that was shot on a hunt I was on, we didn't realize it was banded till we were done. It was Dude. last year. And then well, I guess that wasn't the last band because <laughs> we shot a band uh when we did a snow goose jump and uh nobody told me about it. Apparently I'm not <laughs> apparently I'm not cool enough to be a part of that group. I thought I was. Oh, so he figured out. <laughs> I told him. Oh, you did. Oh, oh I heard I See, heard I, th- him, I thought you were this told. Podcast. I thought you were told. Oh, yeah, yeah, you asked me about it off the podcast. I thought you would Yeah. I thought he'd known already. <laughs> oh, I messaged you right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did that podcast and told about it and then I get this message like boom. I'm like, I'm like I thought he already knew about it, but man. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> hey, Jared was the one trying to keep it quiet, so that's Jared being Jared. Yeah. I'll never quite understand that. Uh, I think some of it was that that was his first snow band. I think it was big kind of a big deal for him, I guess, but I don't know. I would have liked to kill one, but See, I would have been walking around that pond if I'd picked up a band, I would have been like, Oh my gosh. I wouldn't like, have said I, anything with a lot of the people that were there. Well, that's I didn't know that when until after. Yeah. But yeah. I would have told my friends <laughs> i know i know love you too buddy yeah so what do you think about that jump like what was what was your perception of it um interesting uh it was a lot of fun i got a lot of backlash from some friends that i didn't invite uh, which really it, not really backlash but hey i would have liked to gone on that Hey, man, there's one spot I get invited. I can't bring people. I was going to say, I, yeah. I tried to bring my dad, and Jared told me there's too many people already. And then there were six more people that were there yeah, before, uh, that I had been told about. <laughs> at that point, I started thinking about it. I was like, I should have just brought them. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, it, you know, but yeah, I don't want to ruffle any feathers when it comes to stuff like that. I want to mm-hmm. get invited on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't hurt anyone's feelings too bad. So, but it was... It's exciting. Um, my favorite part was at the end when we were standing in a circle and I asked how many shells were left. And I think I'm the only one that had like four. 
I found one in my pocket. Yeah. That was it. That was all I had. <laughs> what I took down, I had a box in my bag still in the truck, but I shot a box and a half. So did Jeez. I. Just cleaning up birds. like. <laughs> uh, but coming over that levee and throwing, you know, with that extended magazine on my mm-hmm. gun, throwing 11, 12 shots. Yep. <laughs> I was falling backwards. Oh, <laughs> dude, by five, I was like... <laughs> Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then once there, there's so many in the air, you're throwing singles in and trying to pick out a bird sh- above you, mm-hmm. you pull the trigger and four birds fall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, definitely something I think is effective as yeah. far as when you know your birds are about to leave. We had weather coming in, then birds were going to be out of there. Yeah, for sure. So... I think it was played right. I think the people that were in charge did it at the right time because two days later is a ghost town here. Yeah. I mean, did they come back after a while? Yeah. But the birds see so much that I, I, I don't think they remember when they come back. I mean, they, they very well might, but I don't think it affected. We had some that went north and they came back south, but it wasn't like – that that group wouldn't have. Those are all adults. They probably just staged somewhere and hung out. Never seen so many adult Rossies in my life. That's the other thing I saw. Like, too. I'm like, there's like literally no juveniles yeah. in there whatsoever. We yeah. shot 175, and I think there was maybe 10 juvies in the whole thing. Yeah. And like 60% Rossies. Yeah. Which is nuts. Just little chickens. Grease balls. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I love they're, them. They're fun. Uh, they make a hunt. They're like... they're. Uh, that, I wouldn't even say spoonbills. Those, those were like the the green wing teal of this year. Those Rossies, they'd they love saving hunts. Come out of nowhere. That very last hunt I was on with at, at the pit, you weren't there because you were dealing with Shay and whatnot. We had three dealing, dealing with. Well, Jeez, okay, how dare you say De- that? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't cuss me out, Shay. I was dealing with baby. Yeah, baby he stuff. had baby stuff to deal with. Uh, I mean, we, I was out grabbing a bird. We had three Rossies dump into the decoys. Adults, too. Yeah. And even the adult Rossies, they just... They right dumb. in. They drop. They dumb. So, that's why yeah. we love them. From what I heard, it's definitely an interesting season for adults just dumping in everywhere. Like, I mean, your spread, what did you shoot for the most part? Was it adults or was it juveniles? Or? Adults. I think we only... What did we end up with? Just shy 80 in the spread? Yeah. 10 of them were juvies, I think. I mean... I would say 70-30. Yeah. There was a couple of days where we had a few juvies, but, it would, like, the last couple of days, I would say they had a decent amount of juvies, but for most of the season, it was adults. I would say a lot of our a lot of our hunting that I can think of is, like, you're just not paying attention, and next thing you know, they're just, like, in the decoys. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of them that would come off our backside, and, like come right down the tree line and just like well it's it's because we'd be watching these massive wads either above us or coming to us and then one would just appear out of nowhere yeah so yeah i did the same thing i watched ten thousand birds get off the pond that we got and then after they left went out threw out as many decoys as we could which wasn't very many it was Mm -hmm. 10 percent of what we had with us because we wanted to get back down in case they came back it was don't want to screw it up, and uh, you're watching them feed a mile away, and you see something off to the right, and there's you know 
the blue bomb and the decoys mm-hmm. landed behind me and lifted at that from the <laughs> ground. So that was interesting. <laughs> and then uh, got up to move the uh, one of the e-caller speakers, and there's literally one on the on the side of the water, twenty yards from us. Yep. And I, you're just like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're snow geese, so. You know, I, I he didn't see me. Walk back and get my gun. Come back. That's a you know that's a the craziest thing about snow geese. And I would say like you put so much effort into getting them to the ground, but the ones that are on the ground are so dumb. Like you walk up to them, even adults, and they're just like, "Well, hey, I, I think it, I think it's just like they're just waiting for one to get up because they're sitting in a, just a sea of decoys that are never going to get up. They just yeah. don't want to be that first bird out in the air. So they oh. just sit there. I think that's what And I is. noticed that too. Honey with Jared, uh, he's the first guy I ever snow goose hunted with. I've only done it a couple of years, but going out to the spread with him when he was having an off year and you just watch thousands and thousands of birds fly overhead and you look at him and you're like, all right, when do they come? This isn't what you see. And obviously, you know, it's not not yeah. going to be what you see on YouTube or what yeah. you see on, you know, what other guys are filming. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice if five of them came down. Yeah. It's like, this is just how it is sometimes. And then when they actually get down, they, they really don't care about you. Nope. I mean, if they're hitting the decoys, they're hitting the decoys. It's not, to me, it's, I haven't seen them act like Canada where they flare off or. No. So it's just, I'm coming here, I don't care if you're there, and that's how it's going to be. That's the weird part, is you sit there and you, like, when you, like, say duck hunt or goose hunt, you're, like, think, thinking through your process of, like, how's my decoys look, or, like, how's the blind look, or can they see us, or, like, what kind of sounds, and it's, like, there's a part of me that thinks, like, none of that even matters anyway. And you, like, talk to the old guys who used to hunt snows, and they're, like, oh, yo, yeah, well, you just used to... Use like gallon jugs of milk and just throw them out in the field, and we can just kill hundreds of them over that. So it's like, do they really care about anything, or it's just this is the day and this is what they want that day? Like I don't know. I that 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 part always like drives me nuts about snow geese. It's like it if I go spend five grand, well five grand, fifteen grand on snow goose decoys <laughs> and full bodies, isn't even really gonna matter. Like. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I I think you're doing it the right way as far as decoy buying. Um, me and you get into it on Facebook Marketplace quite a bit about decoys. Sorry, buddy. Um, Buy them before you do. Yeah, uh, I think I'm just busier than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That was great. <laughs> at least once or twice a week this last month, he sends me a link to to more decoys that he bought. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, and I'll, t- I'll talk to my buddy Jake about it and say, hey, I'm looking at these. And then 10 minutes later, I'll be like, never mind, Hunter commented <laughs> on it. So those are gone. <laughs> I mean, he could be five states away and he'd be like, I'm on my way. <laughs> Can I Venmo you to hold them? And, you know, so and that's fine. I mean, in the long run, I'm going to hunt over them anyway, sooner or later. And you paid for them. Yeah, but no. we've all been there where we spent. 15 grand on decoy spreads. You know, I've yeah. bought them and sold them and don't care to own another full body. You know, I, I hunt with guys that own full bodies. I have access to the full bodies I used to own. I don't own them no more, but yeah, they're there if I need them. You know, 
Jake's got a pretty good setup that I can take whenever I want. And I just prefer to use my silhouettes. Yep. My Amen. tangle free silhouettes. <laughs> don't even start with me. <laughs> just don't. Hunter buys all my dive bombs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dive bombs. Got 35 dozen of them. I like their socks. I, I like them a lot. Uh, the. See, I'm the opposite. I hate. I'm gonna be honest. I love their product. Their socks are junk, especially their snow gray socks. They're junk. I would, you know, I love them to death. I love the product. I love the guys behind them, but their snow gray socks. I'm sorry, but they are junk. Sky fly, ever... sky flies all the way. <laughs> if it's white, put it out there. I mean, dude, I drove by a a, a spread this year. They were putting out literal trash bags. If it works, it works, man. Let it roll. These you didn't know Jared two years ago, did you? No, no. Yeah. Oh, you, we never got them out. We used to call them the condoms. No, you did. They were all the way at uh-uh, the. Those were the nice condoms. Oh, the were real they? condoms okay. never made it out. Oh, okay. Like they, like they were, uh, probably two foot long by like six inches wide. Like it looked like a like a straight <laughs> condom. Hey, he kills them. He killed them over them. You know. I don't think it matters what you put out. Like our layout blinds this year, when we did a set, uh, we literally ripped up sheets and put it in our layout blind and grassed them halfway, mm. and they didn't care. I mean, I think they see the white. and mm. But, I mean, when it comes to decoys, the only thing I wish I did with my, my dive bomb socks was buy the talls. Yeah. Because uh, I really, really want to hunt layout blinds a lot, and I th- – think putting a blob over the layout blinds would really benefit. I mean, that's how I've seen them do it in West Texas when I've been there. Yeah. And uh, it works fairly well. I mean, that's digging into a peanut field, though, but it's the same concept. But them shorts, I just can't do it with them. So, you know. Have you ever just laid in decoys before? Um, Spec hunting in Arkansas, I have. It was pretty effective. Yeah. A little uncomfortable. Um. I was probably the most comfortable guy there because all the other guys were significantly larger than me. So, I mean, you get a fat guy out in a decoy spread and you <laughs> give him the crappiest backboard ever to lay on. Yeah. And you say, put on this Tyvek suit that's two sizes too small for your 4XL <laughs> behind. And, you know, it is it is what it is. Kill him. But I can't believe you like dive bomb socks. What is it about them that you like? I See, my problem is, I should say this, I like the look of them. My problem is, is the stake, especially the 3D, or the not the 3D heads, the 2D heads, and then the stake that goes down is that, like, little metal stake. And if it's, like, we dealt with this year where it was frosted when we put our decoys out, like, you just doink, doink, like, it just hits the ground and it's a pain in the ass. Well, you got to have a dirt dagger. Well... I don't even know that a dirt dagger would work because even with that, it would be hard to get that in the ground. We yeah. just we it had is. To, we had to use drills. It is. I it broke is my drill hard. doing it though, so that was. You plus. need a better drill then. It was in Milwaukee. I just got a free one, so. I thought you fixed it. Mm, you're right. I did fix it. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> I remember now. But as far as snow socks, I've I've either used what Jared has yeah. or uh, I have access to. 700 tangle freeze and i really like the tangle free socks too but yeah. 
I mean, 700 tango free decoys, socks is, that's a pretty penny. Yeah. yeah. Could I do it? Yeah. No problem. Would my wife like me doing it? No. Yeah. I, I think I got 20 dozen. So I got 240 of them and I get to where I buy like 10 dozen a year, but I love them and they are awesome. And I like the long stake. A great system. I like the metal backbone to them, but I don't like how you can't collapse them. It's kind of a pain when you're trying to put everything away where those sky flies just like fold up. And like I can put, there was that like black leather bag that wasn't that big and you could put 240 of them. Whereas I had that big brown tangle free bag and it only holds 10 dozen of them. Well, I don't run into that issue with these because uh, these are jolts of decoys. Um, yeah. He uses the uh, construction cleanup bags, the white ones. Yeah. Those work very well. Very well. Are they a space saver? No. <laughs> Are you going to fit three bags of them in the back of your truck and that's it? Yeah. <laughs> then you got to figure out how to get the rest of your stuff there. But, I mean, you got to set up a spread. You look at it one time. So. Yeah, I think we had five five trucks. And pretty much everybody's trucks were full of crap. So, actually, three, four, four trucks of crap worth. Yeah, it's so if I was picking it up and pulling it down every day, I mean, I would want something a little better, something a little more organizational. But you throw them out once, you yeah. pick them up, you put them away till next year. So whatever's cost cost effective. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I've heard guys that run nothing but white garbage bags and they kill them dead. So if it works, it works. Exactly. So what's your plans for duck season this year? You had the duck boat. I had the duck boat. Um, I went through a nightmare with the title with it because the Coast Guard here switched their number system. Gotcha. Hmm. And I had to jump through hoops. So I bought it from Ducks Unlimited. It was donated to Ducks Unlimited. So it, the money I paid went towards a donation for that. So uh, it ended up being that I have a buddy uh, that he's a part of DU, too, so he was going to help me out with it. Uh, he said he did that with his grandfather's boat. Um, it's actually Ben Page. I'm sure you know who that is. Yeah. Uh, so he took care of that, and he figured it all out, and he found a guy at the DMV that was actually a member of DU. So it made the whole process a lot easier. This guy went out of his way and just did everything. Hmm. But I bought that boat in December, and I just got the title for it three weeks ago and I got this new property and the big water really doesn't get me going as much as smaller water or marshes. So I, th I think that's because I grew up on the Horicon marsh in Wisconsin and smaller water is just what I like. Yeah. I don't, really know what to do. Like if you put me out on one of these big lakes, I don't really know what to do. Now I got Jake that knows what he's doing out there and he can teach me no problem how to do that. But it just didn't really tickle my fancy as much as I thought it would. I was excited to get the boat. I got the boat home and it sat at the farm for a month. And I was just like, I don't know. And then I got this new property with uh, one of my buddies, Reed. His uh, family owns that property, and that's where we had all them snows. And it's just, it's it's going to be a, a mecca 
for waterfowl. And I want to focus all of my money on that. Like I'm talking next year. If things go the way they're going to go this year, I think I'm going to pit it. Um, this year I'm thinking I sold the boat. So take that money back and I'm going to buy some, uh, Invisiman blinds mm. so we can get out in the water. Um, it looks like from what Reed told me, you can get 20, 30 yards offshore and you're still only knee deep. So them Invisiman chairs, you can put them out and you can sit in them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all the ducks that were hitting us during snow season, um, that we got to watch and all the geese and all the speckled bellies, that's where they were going 20, yeah. 30 yards out. So that one spot there on that corner, then them blinds are going to work good. And then there's another spot off on the other side. That's where I think I want to put a pit out because them, them, all them geese come in the same way when they come from feeding. And it's almost like they hit one channel that they want to fly down and they all go down into the corner. Yeah. And then uh, when they come from behind you, there's a, a little crick system that comes into it from the back. They like to land back in there. So you can, I mean, you can hunt a crick system by standing there. And there's so much cover, mm-hmm. and you're going to have them landing five yards from you or wanting to. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's just a stand there. So, but. That's surprising how how similar, like, your process <laughs> To what our kind of process has been is it's hilarious so uh, at the end of last year we got to talking about like how we were going to run this next next year if it was going to be as dry because i think you're similar in the situation where you know you used to hunt down the basin quite a bit you know you kind of got busy with kids and it's hard to get down there that much and then the basin this last year has been really dry so it really wasn't good so you didn't really hunt it that much and then yeah. it's like how am I going to create an opportunity for myself where I'm like actually excited to get out? And we had actually started talking about boats. And the surprising thing is, I don't know if you found a, a mark on Facebook marketplace, but I, I want to say it was very similar to a boat that I was looking in. And like, we had began to talk about maybe buying a boat. And then surprisingly, I, I I'm like you, if I can hunt a little marsh with two dozen decoys, I'm all about it taking all the headache and then having to get a boat and all that crap and deal with the boat. There's always money that goes in that. And then like running, say like five, 10 dozen decoys, like for other people, that sounds great. But for me, I'm just not, I'm not as much about it. And we actually, we found a property that we're hoping to lease out this coming year that it looks pretty good. And like a lot of, a lot of ducks have been there. So I'm really excited about it. Um, And it's, that's the thing is like, I think, I have nothing against big water. It's awesome. But I, I, if I had to choose, I'd definitely be in a little marsh. Because something, you know, ducks whizzing by and just, like, dumping in. There's nothing like it. Big yeah. water, don't get me wrong, it's cool. But you see a ringer go by and you're like, mm, <laughs> am I going to shoot it? <laughs> it depends on the day. Small water is what I grew up with. So that's that's what I knew when I came here. Yeah. You know, I've, I've only lived here since 2006, and when I left for the military, I stopped waterfowl hunting, and I didn't start back up until, God, I was really hardcore bow hunter for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, well, I shot, Come on, I, shot <laughs> I shot one Pope and Young on, pri- or on public property, 
And uh, I lost my drive after that. That was it for me. That's all I needed. And then uh, I met Jake through wrestling. Our kids wrestled together, and I started going with him. And then I met other guys through him, like Jared, which branched me off to meeting you guys. And um, Jake and Jared pretty much taught me how to hunt fields. I never hunted a field in my life growing up. Mm. Never. It was always water. I'm like, wait a minute, you guys hunt fields? Well, that was for- that was me until I met this guy. Like that field, I'd done it like one time, and even then, it was like a pond field thing. And I and I knew it was done. You know, I just I didn't I didn't know where to begin when yep. it came to that. But having guys like Jake and Jared to teach me how to do that stuff, it's it's been it's been a pretty valuable asset to me. Um, I can go out in the field by myself and set up and be pretty confident. The birds are there that I'm going to kill them. I'm pretty confident in telling newer people that, hey, this is how you should do this and that, hey, this is going to work. And if it don't, you know, we'll just fire from there. But and any any more with the water, my, <laughs> my body is so bad now that I love hunting the water and I loved hunting the water alone growing up and – it's it's dangerous for me to go out on the water alone. I'm one my back is so bad. I'm one step away from falling and not getting up. Yeah. So I usually hunt with a buddy on the water all the time and they're aware of my situation with my body. And uh I still go out a couple times a year by myself. And I know when I tell my wife I'm doing that that she's yelling at me on the inside but she ain't going to fix it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah. It's me being bullheaded and doing what I want to do, but well, I think, you know, honestly, I, eh, everyone likes to think they're bulletproof until that moment they're not bulletproofed. And, like, you know, I, it, I've i always had it ingrained in me because, like, we grew up on small water, too. Like, that's where I originally started hunting was a small warm water creek. And, like, the mud on it was just horrible. And, like, even... You know, a few years ago, I was hunting with negative 20, and I got stuck. And, like, I had to jump to the bank, but even in the midst of jumping to the bank, like, I got water in my, my waders. Like, did it end up okay? Yeah. But honestly, say I had actually taken on water and was, like, seriously stuck, that could have been a, like, life-threatening situation. And that's why I'm always a proponent of someone not hunting alone. And I know there's some guys that love it, and I get that. And I And I do it once or twice a year, but going to be in a scenario that i'm going to feel safe in yeah and it depends on the marsh too because there's a couple marshes that i don't have a problem going on myself because i know it's has a pretty hard bottom to it and i the the chance of getting hard is small but you know there's some of those marshes man get a knee or a back and it's just a game over yeah (coughs) jackson yeah dude that place is awful i hunted we hunted it once once this year i don't know what's worse the mud or getting shot at I, you know, uh, I love hunting there during the week. Um, we were there on a Tuesday, and there was like eight groups there. Hey, that can I just got back from Pappy. Yeah, that was shot at Jackson. Hey, gosh, um, there's a lot. Still there's, searching people for a have can. success out there. I'm not gonna lie. Like there are days you can really have a good day out there. But the, we went on a Tuesday morning. We would have had a really good day out there if it hadn't been for that moron that sat up in between us and uh, Jordan's friend. So. I'm not saying. It seems like everybody knows about it. The big pond on the backside. Went over the bridge, went to the back pond. Uh, things were looking good. There was a lot of teal around, some big ducks. Like, oh, you know, we're going to have a pretty good morning. There's another guy that was on the far pond, side of the pond. Like, so you know that they're 
I would say I'd say he was one fifty. They're, they're probably yeah, like two hundred yards long. Like we're both at the edges. He's on the far side. We're here, right? So we had talked to each other. Everyone's good. Some idiot walks in. I kid you not. Walks in like ten minutes, maybe five minutes before shooting time. Mm-hmm. Walks between the two of us. Was sixty yards from both of us and drops his decoys. Mm-hmm. Screwed up so many birds for us. I grew up with that. I, I grew up with wanting to fight on the marsh and getting in altercations on the marsh and. It's. Just, I don't. I mean, I I didn't feel like I wanted to fight him, but it was just like, dude, what? If that guy would walk over to me and say, "Hey, man, could I hunt with you? I know I'm late. Yeah, sit down. Okay, no shut up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. I've I've literally offered people who have shown up late. I have been like, I mean, I'm here. It's just me or one other person, and y'all are welcome to hunt with me. There's no reason for us to fight on birds or. Whatever. A lot of times, though, if you meet them in the parking lot, they just turn and go somewhere else. But yeah, yeah. I don't know that that place that that marsh has been the worst for me, and in anything because I've had I've had three experiences. One, there was a dude that literally like to go set up his decoys, walked through my decoys, and just went and set fifty yards from me. There was a second time where they couldn't find out a spot. They just stuck a mojo pole in the middle of the road next to the canal and we're just busting on their call when there was mallards working us yeah i don't like that is like jackson is like the breeding place for like new hunters and college hunters and like don't get me wrong go after it but like there's some like level of stupidity then it's just kind of like do you not have common sense like i understand that you're new to this and you probably don't know what you're doing but that is just pure stupidity. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. It's, it's no better than the... <laughs> well, the rainwater basin isn't even that bad, and the rainwater basin is bad. But, I mean, you go to Jackson, and you add all the mud into it, and yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that there's a couple of times I had a couple of guys with me that I've pulled out of the mud, and if I wasn't there, he's, they yeah. flat out looked at me. I don't know what I would have done Yeah, if you were willing to come out and get me. And I really wasn't. <laughs> but, no, yeah. But I'm, uh, I don't want to carry I, this stuff up myself. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I got my hip that pops once in a while. My hip flexor, I get it's real bad. And there's a couple times where, like, I thought I popped my hip out of place <laughs> trying to pull my leg out. A few years ago, I thought my dad tore up his knee. And we were in the middle of uh, that big marsh down in the basin that we hunted this year yeah. with Brad. Yeah. We were in the middle of it. And. That year, cows had gone through like crazy. Uh, it was terrible. I thought my dad tore my knee, and we were in the middle of it, or his knee, not my knee. But I don't. I was really worried. I was like, God, we've got a long ways to the truck still. Yeah, this this thinking you're bulletproof goes away real. Like I'm not sure how old you guys are, but it this year is the year it take it took the turn, and uh, I had some stuff that came up. I'm to the point to where I I need a. I need to have my spine fused pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Army did me in pretty good, and it's I'm feeling it. Yeah. And it's not feeling good. And it's just Jackson's not worth it to me. You could, you could tell me there's 10,000 mallards out there, and they'll say, we got an airboat? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not right. going. So. You, need to, you need to change a little bit. You got to be like, I'll go, but my son's got to do all the work. Yeah, buddy. You know... <laughs> love my love my oldest son to death, but if I take him out there, 
he's he's a goofy dude when it comes to walking in easy water. Like, I can't drag you out of there, son. I can't. I just can't do it anymore. So, I'm I'm really hesitant to take him out to spots like that that are really going to be difficult to navigate. Yeah, and you know, not yeah. to mention I don't, I don't want to almost have something happen to him and deal with. Not only his mother, but his stepmother as well. Yeah. How'd your son's trip, uh, getting off topic, how was your son's trip to Europe? I can't remember where he's going. Estonia, Finland. Estonia. By the way, thank you very much for your donation to that. (laughs) You're welcome, buddy. Um, He learned a lot. Uh, The tournaments he wrestled in, he didn't didn't do so well. Um, He had had four matches. Uh, He didn't win any of them. He had two really good matches. Um, this was freestyle and Greco. Gotcha. Um, he's a folk styler all the way. Yeah. That wants to learn how to do freestyle and Greco. And uh, so his first experience was that was going to Estonia in Finland to wrestle the Talon Open with uh, Team USA with 50 other wrestlers. So he did. He was there for two weeks. He did camp with with a club there, a local club, and uh, he learned a lot. Um, Made him a better wrestler, and I think it'll it'll it it'll help him on the mat. Get to where he wants to be. Yeah, um, we had uh, we had a little bit of ringworm issue, so we didn't wrestle any freestyle in Greco this last month. Uh, state for that was this over this last weekend, and we didn't have enough practice, so we sat it out, which you know doesn't matter to him. So, but. He learned a lot. It was a good experience. I'll send him again on another trip. Uh, they go to Hungary and uh, India and Croatia and a couple other places, too. Wow. So we got another wrestler from his club uh, out of Lincoln that's going to India. And that's monkey wrestling. I mean, this kid's wearing Speedos wrestling in the dirt. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a pass for me. <laughs> So, dude, and wrestling yeah. and hunting his life in yeah. our house. That's good. Hey, hey, at least you got something. So, but, hey. I mean, his folk style is good. That's where he likes to concentrate on. I mean, he's he's placed twice at state, and he's got got big visions for himself. What does he want to do? Uh, if you ask him right now, he'll tell you uh, he wants to wrestle for the Wisconsin Badgers in the Big Ten. And I tell him all the time, hey, maybe you should think about Iowa or Penn State. <laughs> I was going to say, Iowa's a big wrestling school. I know that. I mean, but. he could go to UNL. I, well, <laughs> you so mean, he's, uh, he's, he's pre, got... Pre-2014, since they cut their program. <laughs> he's got two coaches that are Huskers, that yeah. are active Huskers. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, he's got... Three coaches that are former. I think there's it's two or three that are former Huskers. He's got the head coach is a former Oregon State Beaver. Um, he's got the coaches. Yeah. Uh, one of his coaches that's an active Husker was the number six in the nation. Maybe in, uh, class. maybe next time I donate, it comes with contingencies. Like <laughs> I'll write in the contract, like write the like the very mini, bottom, like yeah, very small close, print. Like you have to become a Husker. <laughs> <laughs> If the Badger stuff is just his dad's proud of 
being from Wisconsin, you know, yeah. or I don't know how far you take that though, because I'm not a Packer fan. So, oh, thank God. But it's yeah, that's kind of weird. But it's good. I mean, it's it's what we do to pass time, and it's what we do every weekend for. I, wrestling takes away from a lot of hunting. Yeah, I bet. Jared. Sixty percent of the time when Jared calls me, I'm like, "Hey, I got a wrestling tournament. I got a wrestling, tournament. and I'm really involved in Sawyer's wrestling career." So yeah, well, I think that's it's good. You balance your time with your kids just as much as your hobbies, as much as you can. I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> I I will say from from a kid's perspective because I played club soccer into high school and then college. I will say I have felt I have felt a little guilty about that. Just because I took so much time away, because my dad was a single dad uh, raising us, and so he spent all of his time with us. But the nice part is soccer was like a spring summer thing, so it wasn't as bad during the winter time. But there are some things that I wish we could have done, like fall time, because we always had fall soccer. But winter we had off. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that you just kind of got to do what you got to do, because like that w- that's been, and even talking about like Jeremy and I. That's one of my fears is because because I played college soccer that he's going to want me to coach him. I'm calling him a him because it's definitely a boy. Like, definitely <laughs> a girl. Boy. Twins. It's definitely a boy. <laughs> Ugh, don't go that far. Because I don't want to watch girls' soccer, man. It's boring. Oh, no. Even to college. and Soccer is just boring in general. Just, I'm sorry. Just, Look, just, I, know, I know you love soccer. I just... I just can't with soccer. I get it, and I, I get it. Give me basketball and football. I was so excited to have a girl with this last one that wrestling was going to be done. My oldest boy wrestles too. He's only wrestled in high school. Pretty good. Likes it. Enjoys it. A blast to watch him. Um, So I had a daughter and I'm like, I got one more kid to get through wrestling. Sebastian will have his last year, senior year. And uh, I'll be done with wrestling. Push one more kid through high school. Good to go. I don't know if you've noticed, but the girls' wrestling programs in the state of Nebraska is ramping up pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my youngest son is pushing at me. Well, Remington's going to be a wrestler, Dad. Remington's going to be a wrestler. And all I hear from my wife is, Hannah goes, well, we could go to dance. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe we should wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Much better option. <laughs> because I see people go to dance competitions, and I don't want to use all my vacation to go to St. Louis or Kansas City or Florida yeah. to watch dance. That's my, like, so my wife, she's a cheer coach at Raymond Central. Two things. There's, like, one, I think she won the state championship from uh, Raymond Central is one of the girl wrestlers because she was really good. Two, she's the cheer coach there, and she was she cheered in college. That's my other fear is that she's going to do all that elite crap cheer and, like, I'm going to have to go everywhere and, like, it's like, oh, Dude, God. those cheer squads travel the country. Oh, God. You just hear Shay just, like, yelling. I mean, she said something, but... I think she said get over it. No, like, they go everywhere. They do, like... We got a little cousin. Cousin? Yeah. At a young age, too. Yeah. Like, the first no, couple, like, classes, it's like... I, we have a family. I think it's a niece. I don't know. Step... Steps is something daughter. a family member family member that does it and like she's big into it and like they go all over the place and i'm like oh my gosh paying for all those travel expenses thank biden for that four dollars and five cent gas man 409 by my house really yeah i drive a diesel 
I don't uh, want to hear it. I, I, <laughs> See, I remember earlier this year, you were like, oh, man, that diesel, man. I get great gas mileage <laughs> and the hey, price. Like, Hey, I do. I mean, you still get 30 miles a gallon. It's just like $5.50 a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I only got to drive over the overpass to get in my truck to go to work. So, Amen to that. I don't got to go very far. Yeah. That's the other part of hunting this year is like gonna, you're going to have to really like – dollars and cents about we're gonna have to put seats in the back of someone's truck like in the bed just go without decoys so jared jared bought that new ford for his business it's a three it's a three-quarter ton gas burner so i'm sure he gets like 13 to a gallon but like he was like yeah he's like i could pick you up to take you hunting i was like dude if you want to pick me up and drive to south of york and we can go hunting like hey i'm I'm in i'm game yeah so he bought two new trucks now no he just bought the one well, he bought that Dodge. Which one? The old one? No. When's oh. the last time you seen Jared? Uh, Like a few weeks ago. He just got it. Like I saw him at DU and he had a new Dodge. It was a Dodge. I thought it was a Ford. I can't remember. The Dodge, now. that's the wrong one and he's waiting for his right yeah, one. To yeah, come. yeah, it's a Dodge. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Then it gets like 10 to 12, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you a- buy gas and it says Dodge on it, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not... The, the right diesel, I, the diesels are great, but gas burners. Oh. Now, when you think about my diesel, that's the little diesel. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not a Cummins. It makes sense. It's a Fiat. It's a Fiat. <laughs> it's a Fiat. <laughs> it's a Fiat diesel. Jeez, served in the American military and buying the Italians. Crap. Doesn't matter to me. The the government's paying for it. <laughs> As long as long as the, the government is. That's yeah. all that matters. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, you talked about wanting a canvas back? Uh-huh. Just come hunt with me. I see him all the time. Dude, don't. I'll take you somewhere, but you can't tell anybody. I won't tell anyone if it gets me a canvas back. How about we have a, we have a scotch trade here? He takes you to the band hole, and you get us canvas backs, and we'll just call it an even trade. Okay. I was say, I can... I, I can shot, pretty confidently put you on a band of geese this year. We shot last year eight cans. That's the dream. Eight cans at that spot. It's it's just diver stunt. I shot we shot buffalo heads there last year. That's another one I haven't. Um, so we shot, shot hens. Yeah, I shot I've a never shot a We went out one day and shot nothing. We shot our limit of redheads, and then one gadwell. I don't know where. Yeah, huh. my favorite duck. I love Gadwell. No, I'm just kidding. Spoonies I'd, are yeah. the best, but I love Gaddy. Spoonie's my favorite duck. Yeah, but a Gadwell is my f- other favorite because you see them a hundred yards up and they just drop. They give it up and they taste good. See, sure. it seems like everybody south of us says they taste like crab though, and I think it's because they get into that marshy, crappy. Sewage water down there. I eat spoonie and it don't bother me. So. Well, I, I, it's all um, about all about how you cook it, in my opinion, and prepare it. I made some Canada goose barbecue, like pulled Canada goose. Talked about it a couple podcasts ago. It was fire, and Canada sucks. Yeah, all it, goose really sucks. It's like I, jerky, but it I, was fire. I did it again last week. Put it in burritos. Ooh, that was. Good. Dude, you know what sounds good? Doing that and then making like twice bake 
baked potatoes and like making a whole burrito out of it. Enchiladas. That's a good idea Ooh. too. Baking it. That would be really good with an enchiladas. Or just go full fed, like full fledged taco truck and like <laughs> frying it and making a chimichanga out of it. Oh no. <laughs> so we're not hunting this year, we're getting fat. Um, yeah. Okay. Amen, brother. <laughs> no. But yeah, man, divers, no problem. Really? I mean, you want to shoot some some scout? See, I've I think the only divers I've knocked off are ring ringnecks. Shot way too many of those. Talk about a bird I could never see again and be okay with it. But uh, I've shot redheads. Uh, Bluebills. No, I haven't shot a bluebill. For real? Brad's the one that shot that blue. Well, I know that. But that I year that all those blue bluebills came in, I hunted further west than you did. Yeah. And I just think they were east. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I a lot of bluebills. Like, but I killed a lot of redheads that year. Yeah. Like this spot, four hundred bluebills. Really? I've seen four hundred bluebills in one day. And you can only shoot one of them. Minutes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I found a, a their roost, and I looked down in there, and there's like four hundred bluebill, and I'm like, great. And my buddy's like, oh well, at least we know the ducks are in the area. I'm like, yeah, those are bluebill. You can shoot one. Yeah. He goes, what? And I said, yeah, it's like pintail. You can shoot one, and once you shoot your pintail, every other duck that comes in is going to be a pintail the rest yeah. of the day. Uh huh. Well, we we had that one this year, and I I just shot a really nice pintail on this. I knew it was a diver diver circling around, and I just gave it up. And about the time I told Brad to shoot it is when I realized it was a bluebill, and I just my heart broke because it's the only one I've ever seen there, and I've wanted to shoot one for. Talk about the ultimate trust, like. So I was in front of yeah, Brad, that was, and like I bent straight over and went to the far as ground as I could, and they were up on a hill. So like it really wasn't a bad shot, but you know you trust your buddy when I re I wa- <laughs> I know I edited that video and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. Like even with you bending over as far as you did, it just was like, yikes. But probably not the best best bet. It's like throwing a nade and like within a hundred yards, yeah. It's okay. It'll work out. Yeah. If you don't think it's going to work out, then, you know, but it shouldn't be out. there at all. But yeah, if you, if, if, if you want to take me to shoot divers, I won't, I won't, yeah. I won't say no. Absolutely. Cause, uh, I'd like to shoot every duck one day. I bet there'll be a couple species that'll be outlawed by the time I would get to them. There's unfortunately, a, there's another clause that comes with shooting divers out there. Yeah. <clears throat> you always got to take the guy that showed me where to hunt for them. Okay. Okay. I don't. Speaking of shooting all the ducks, did you see that there was somebody that managed to shoot the, is it the North American 42? I think he managed Uh, to do it a year. Uh huh. How do you do that? Well, I mean, he shot the last one of the ducks up in Greenland or something like that. That whole YouTube series that I think it was called the 42 or something like that. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've been meaning to. I kind of watched, I watched like an overview of it. He just did like the whole season real quick and he traveled. I don't want to know how much money he spent. I don't think that's an an issue for him. Oh no, it's not like no. this, this dude, literally his hobby in life is to do these year long just like slam goals. I mean, he just, he's been to Africa. He's been to 
New Zealand. He's done so many different places. I forget the guy's name, but I just listened to a podcast about him. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, uh, that's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of traveling. On, and I, don't get me wrong. I'm somebody that wants to hunt as much as possible. That's a lot of hunting. Like, it really, it, yeah. it is. Now, he was smart, and he hit a lot of areas where, you know, you could kill a lot of species real quick. I mean, I How much of it was it, was him, or was it, like, guided? How many of that was, or how much of it was guided stuff? Because that's my big thing, is I've seen guys that do 42, but they're, like, they'll pick off a few a year, and they do it by themselves, and, like, do all the research, and, like, go kill it, like, kind of public lands. And see, stuff, and I have a lot of more. I have a lot of respect see, for those that's, guys. That's the way I would want to do it, but I I know that like he did a few guide services, and then he did a few things where it's like he got into like basically a club, but he hunted on his own kind gotcha. of thing. But I mean, some of the areas he went, you wouldn't be able to do it without a guide. Because so. I'm thinking, like especially like the whistlers and stuff, those would be hard to find. Fun- Hard to find in certain areas. I mean, there's definitely like some whistlers are coming out in the central flyway a lot more than they were before, but some of those in like, especially like that Florida area, I feel like that'd be hard to find. Yeah, a lot of them are in Florida. I know that there's been a good amount of whistlers have started to shift into Texas. Yeah. Which seems really dry for them, but. I don't know, man. Jared's, uh, Jared's son shot one a couple years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wasn't that out west? Mm-mm. Or was it? East. Lighted on in Missouri. Oh, I thought he shot that here. No, that's when all those uh, fields that got flooded from the Missouri that way. Okay. They had permission over there. Okay. That's where he shot his. But, but yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting duck, but I don't think I'll ever shoot one. I don't know, man. The population continues to blow up in the Central Flyway. You'd be surprised. Well, 15 years from now, everything could be way different. So. That's true. I was, I was going to say, every, everything can change. Well, that's the same thing as, like, I we talked about it before the podcast, but you and I both listen to the Big Honker podcast. And that's that's the one of the, I should say, that's the one of the things that I, I enjoy most about the podcast is you got, you know, in the past you had Ron and all his wisdom, and then now you have Jeff and all, of, you know, his wisdom. And uh, one of the things that I like most about him is on well, one he's how honest he is but two his wisdom and waterfowling and him being realistic about stuff so like you know Kansas has most I would say most they have the bulk of the small geese right now for whatever reason just because the way the flyways have somewhat shifted for them and then the weather patterns but it's like you know get a year year or two where the the weather patterns shift and those ducks could be anywhere. You know, the way he talks, like, you know, like 15 years ago, we had all the mallards. Mm-hmm. And now it's, now, right now, Oklahoma and Kansas seem to be holding on the mallards. He's, and he's like, yeah, you build a, I remember him saying this, he's like, you know, you can build a guide service off of it, but what happens when that shifts? And, you know, they're gone. He's like, that's why the Big Honker Lodge has lasted all these years. So I like that that aspect of that podcast. So... Yeah. Hell of a guy to talk to. I would love, I'd love to sit down and I, I know we talked about maybe making a trip down there and going hunting. I'd love to at some point, but 
Then the baby happened. <laughs> it doesn't have to be now. We'll get down there sooner or later. Yeah. You know, my my older brother's been down there. I think he went down there this last year too. Um, so there'll be more trips. We'll be able to. It'll, it'll, it'll be nice to have some guys to drive down there with me, <laughs> rather than meeting everyone else from Wisconsin down there. Yeah. So. I'm surprised I didn't. What path did they take? <sighs> when they were went right by I twenty nine. That's what I thought too, but apparently I was wrong. I don't know. We went to we went to Rogers first on our way there, so. I, oh, Kansas City. Well. What is that, Liberty? Yeah. Yeah. So did you backtrack, clear that way, and then go south and then go west? Well, he told me it would be like an hour, hour and a half longer to come through Waverly and Lincoln. I said, we can go goose hunting. No, I don't want to do any more. I don't have any more time for any of that. I, I just want to get there. And then we were hitting Oklahoma on the way home, too. And uh, didn't want to come. Didn't want to come see me. So. Hmm. Whatever, I can only try to. I can't force you to go hunt, so. He's not. He didn't want to come see his nieces and nephews, or I guess nephews at the time. He's been here once, when mm. I got married. Mm. That was a few years ago now. <laughs> what, tw- yeah, you've been married since what? Twenty fifteen. You don't do this. Twenty sixteen. <laughs> Hopefully, his wife is asking. <laughs> this is I just I remember it because there was a picture of you that popped up of your wedding. And I don't remember who was joking about it. He's like, you guys look like a boy band. Yeah, that was the purpose of that. <laughs> yeah, because you, you had your black hat on. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes. I get married with a hat on. I always wear a hat. It's like, look at- it's like when May Day Parade, like, grew up. We're in their late, or like late 20s. Every, <laughs> every photograph in our house, I have a hat on. I don't uh-huh. not wear a hat. Weddings are about the one place I don't wear a hat. I got yeah. married with one on. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I would do speaking, that. Speaking Shut of weddings, <laughs> are you getting married? No, no, no. He's got a couple buddies, and then he texted me all fired up this week because he's got now he's got a third buddy that's they're all getting married in the fall. Are you married at all? No, I'm single. I don't even not even in a relationship right now. Living a good life. So, You're in a relationship with decoys. I, well, right now I'm in a relationship with turkey hunting, but how's that treating you? <laughs> How have you tried to go after them? With turkey? For, after turkeys? Yeah, you're just doing the traditional manly way of doing it. I don't like to sit in a blind, I'm not going to lie. Well, no, I, I it's sitting in a blind or, you know, running a gun and going after them I and like sitting to, down. And, I like to run and gun. Okay. Like, archery season this year, honestly, was painful. Because if we had been able to run and gun during archery season, we would have killed like five birds during archery season. Yeah. And we couldn't run and gun. So, because there's just so much for archery. Yeah. So once I get a shotgun in my hand, my dad tried to convince me to use a blind a couple weekends ago. And I was like, no. Because if I had to get out of the blind and like move the blind to try and make it work, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) See, we started in the blind. My buddy likes to start in the blind every morning, and I go with him. I, I I don't know too much about turkey hunting. It's just hanging, being able to hang out with a friend is what it yeah. started as. And I've never had any any luck in a blind with him. All the times I've hunted with him, it's always been we get on him running and gunning, and you know we're walking through the woods looking for him, calling, and turn around and there's five hens in the fence, like forty yeah. yards away, looking at me, and I'm like, um, hey, there they are. <laughs> so, but. 
you know, and the one that I did get on, I ended up shooting at like 12 yards. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think I fell a little bit in love with it then, but. It's all, it's all about just having that success. Calling in a bird. Must be nice. So have you tried reaping them at all or no? <sighs> See. And what's I, your thoughts on reaping them? I don't even know what reaping is. So, reap, so. so reaping is, is where you like have a turkey fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They've got ones that can attach to your gun. Yeah. You just freaking crawl at them. And they're yeah. going to come running at you from what I hear. See, this yeah. this year I wouldn't dream about doing it because every tom that I've had within 100 yards has looked at my Jake decoy and gone the other direction, basically. It's been a pain this year to kill turkeys. I don't know what. I think it's because of the off and on weather. They just haven't had that full-blown testosterone, like just going crazy when it comes to the topic of reaping i would love to do it i hunt mostly public land you're not going to get me behind a turkey fan on public land like there i've seen enough videos heard enough stories people are stupid dude like i would be crawling up on a turkey or have a turkey running at me and somebody would shoot me from the tree line or something like that i would it's just it freaks me out the idea of it I guess I'm a little more daring than you because it doesn't bother me. Well, I, if I knew 100% for sure that I was the only person in the area, yeah, I probably would. And don't get, my dad carries a like kind of a cheapy one that folds up and he keeps it in his backpack. And we've pulled it out a few times to kind of try, but it just really has never worked. He tried to do it on a bird a couple weekends ago and that bird saw it turned around and hauled the other direction <laughs> so i i have you sat without a decoy <sighs> this bird that i shot was without a decoy out now was it because i forgot the decoy at the truck <laughs> yes but you know i i look back at it and i i say what do you think would happen if we had the decoy out to steve and he goes I think if you had the decoy out, it might have hung him up. It, like, we were so so tight and so close in there, and it was just woods and a line yeah. fence and tall grass. Mm-hmm. And I I have actually been – I had wanted to go into the season and to learn how to hunt without a decoy because generally I set up, you know, a J-Ken pair. Um, but all the spots that I found turkeys, it's like fields, not hardwood stuff. And so, like, I – if I'm hunting a field, I love the vid- visual because, you know, like, though he's right, like, and I've experienced it several times where birds just hang up when they see the decoys, they expect that hen to come to him, yada, yada. But sometimes also, like, if you don't have anything for them to see, they'll just kind of stick their head out in the field. and I hear noise, but I don't see anything, and they'll, they'll go the other direction. But, I mean... I haven't killed a bird this year without a decoy. I've only shot one, and then my dad shot one. I never told you about that story yet, Mm-mm. did I? Oh, that dude, that was crazy. I thought I I know we talked about doing just like a straight turkey podcast. I was gonna have Dane by and yeah, us sit all down. But yeah, we'll have to do that. I just he gives me he gave me all these like turkey stories, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna be so excited," and it's like. We sat in, during archery season. It was like glorified, like 
deer hunting, except with calling. And I'm like, mm, I think golfing with beers sounds about as nice as this have you, is. Have you shot a turkey? No. Nah, well, yeah. Not like during spring. I've shot plenty during the fall. That's I, all just running and gunning. I mean, it is a damn shame that going out west didn't work for you anymore. Yeah. I mean, season goes till the end of May. We can still try and go out. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I'll just have to see what I got the rest of the... I, to be honest with you, I am... <laughs> I'm trying to de-stress and rest before the storm comes. <laughs> he's, got, he's got baby stuff. <laughs> no, like, I got a new house rolling. I got to move into the new house. I got to deal with the house, a kid. And it's just like... I'm just trying to take as much relaxation as I can right now. I, I will say I have spent a significant amount of time working with Nala. Yes, uh, a couple nights ago I sent him a video, but a 250-yard blind retrieve. Nice. That like that, that, that one got me. Well, I, I was worked up just about that one. Because she, she's, she's two and a half now. And she'll be three in July. Yeah, she's, she's, her prime. she's going into her prime now. Like these next couple years, we're gonna have to pull you away from that kid. <laughs> oh, I she will hunt with me plenty in the next couple years. I'm not worried about that. I just that one, like we're getting to the point where, like she'll go out when she gets to a point. Like I struggled because I didn't whistle train her long enough, and I hate. Dude, there's nothing worse in, like, September or, like, opening day hearing, like, dude just blowing on a whistle and yelling at a dog that has no idea what it's doing. I'm just not one to carry a whistle because I think it just, like, you got ducks working and you're trying to whistle a dog, like, it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather have a dog that's trained where if it isn't working the right direction, it'll look back at you instead of having to whistle at it and stop it. And I get the guy, I'm not, I should say, back up. If you want to whistle train your dog, cool. Like that, if you can really do it right, like that guy that was hunting with or did that snow goose jump, like that's in, that's incredible. Oh, there was, yeah. There, there was a couple incredible dogs. Yeah, there was. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that's incredible. Me personally, I like a dog that'll go out and then once it's not sure where to go, it'll look back at you. So, she was like at 150 yards and I like had to work her three different times back to where that bumper was at. So, like, it was. Yeah, buddy, for me. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to continue to work with her this summertime. So that's my big my big thing is taking all out. So I really I want to I want to I want to unlock her potential because she has way more potential than I do as a trainer. I have to develop a lot, but she has like I don't know if I ever told you this, but like she's got champion bloodlines to her. Like, she could be a high-end field trial dog. I just, I'm, I'm not into field trials. But I do want to unlock her potential, you know. I think that, I don't I don't want to say this, but, like, it almost is like, I'd almost look down on myself if I didn't allow myself to give her the opportunity to unlock that potential. So, I don't know. That's yeah, it's all what it. makes you happy in the end. I mean, I got I, to, I, I got, don't. Or go ahead. No, you go ahead. I got I got this year to the point where like I enjoyed watching your work just as much or more than I did hunting. 
Like that snow goose jump, I could really care less about shooting snow geese. It isn't a jump. I was more excited to see her work. That's just me. And I think I'm the opposite because I have zero patience. When it That's comes okay. To the, I mean, I, I got to the point where basically it's, I don't ever want to train another dog or ever want to try to train another dog because I'm so tired of being disappointed in the <laughs> long run. And uh, I'll just go and get the bird myself. Hey, or that? I'll hunt with you. I that, mean, yeah, that's kind of my worry. Like I'm looking to get a dog here in the next couple months, and I've hunted without a dog until this year hunting with you. The whole time, pretty much, that I've been a waterfowl hunter. I mean, every once in a while, a buddy will have a very untrained dog, but like it's like a couple hunts throughout the years. I'm worried that if I get a dog, I'll be like, man, this just wasn't worth it. <laughs> that is a big worry that I have. I will say, if I feel that way for waterfowl, I'm putting 110% of that dog towards upland game. Like, Because yeah. upland game, oh, I'll walk behind. Like watching her, watching Nala work this fall for pheasants. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. I'll watch a dog work for upland all day. But I worry with waterfowl. My patience may not be there. That is my worry. A lot of it's a time thing, too. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, it, I, this is another part that I have found out, me personally, is a lot of guys will get a dog, put a lot of work in, take a hunting the first year, get super frustrated, super frustrated mm-hmm. with it, and get to the point where he doesn't work with it. Nala, and you've even seen this, is like Nala continues to get better because... She continues to get more experience, but she she gets a lot more training. So, like, usually that's why they say by, like, year three they get their maturity and, like, you're able to work as a team. And, like, at that point, it's satisfying to watch her hunt because you spent so much time in training her. But also it's just enjoyable because you get to sit, sit back and let the dog do the work instead of having to yell at the dog or, like, how to deal with stuff. I'm curious to see how she starts this season as uh, she will be much different like, than last year i guarantee it well and i i'm not i'm not gonna say i would hope so but just because of her maturity level i was like enraged I, I, well yeah especially opening teal i can imagine but uh yeah i'll be interested to see how she starts i think i would look at it different too if i was in your situation where if i was single and i had more time to put into it then i would probably uh, probably uh, well not Time when you're at home that you don't have to make other people happy yeah, other than no, yourself. That's true, yeah. Well, f- for that- you, when you go out, you want to make the most of your opportunity because you don't have as much opportunity because of time and just having a family. You know, for you, it's like, I want to go out and I want to make optimal and I want to kill birds and I don't want a dog getting in the way mm-hmm. and like having to deal with the frustration of the dog because I deal with enough frustration with kids or, you know, family life. Well, I can tell you the very first time I hunted with you, you two years ago. Yeah. And I knew you had a dog, but I knew it was a young dog. You said you were bringing her. Yeah. My instant thought was, oh, it's going to be, I want to kill birds. Like, this is going to suck. But honestly, she was really good. Yeah. So, nothing is worse than when you pull up to shoot and a dog breaks in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've had it happen. And you've got five of them in your face Mm -hmm. and you can't do anything. Oh, I got a good story for you. (laughs) 
there was a day that we were sitting in this pit off the side of a pond. 200 Canada's at a probably, I would say 80 to 100 yards locked up for our decoys. Locked up. 80 yards. Dog broke. All of them were locked up. They were coming in. There was like eight dudes there. Dog broke. Gone. Nobody got a shot. Like, uh, you know, it gets to the point, too, if, if you're not sure, don't wreck it for yourself or everyone else. Yeah. I'm a Tether fir- that dog down. I'm a, as I say, I'm a firm believer that if you've got a dog you're not 100% confident in, and, like, I knew you were going through some growing pr- pains with her this season, and yeah. we, I knew we weren't having a great season because of water, so I didn't say anything. But when she was having that breaking issue... I would I would have put her on a leash, like you, you get a dog that breaks and it's on a leash, it'll break once or twice, because it's gonna it's gonna get out there, get the end of that leash, and there's uh, nothing wrong with having a fully trained dog that's on a breakaway. It's just like it, it's a, it it's, it could be a safety thing too. Dogs get excited. It's well, the dogs that every single time you pull up, one shot goes off and that dog's out in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, man. Yep. Seriously, your dog's gonna get accidentally yeah. killed. Uh, well, I mean, a it's couple of years ago, we had one that almost like I mean, if there hadn't been control within the group, a dog probably would have not. I mean, it would have been in a bad place because we had like forty teal in our decoys. It broke, and uh, we were all pretty unhappy. But dog didn't die, at least. So that's good. You had that happen this year for Teal with Nala. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pappy. So it was Dane, I, Pappy, Jared, Tim. And there was one that landed right. Like there was a hole in the decoys and it landed straight out from Pappy and I. And Nala just, it was the first time of the season she saw it land and she just booked it. And. Pappy pulled up, but he didn't shoot, and it was definitely, he felt really bad about it, even the whole hunt. He said, like, so many times, like, I feel bad. It's like, no. It's like, it's not his fault. And that's the hard part is, like, I had worked with her all summer, too. And I, I really worked with her breaking. It's just sometimes, man. They're just as excited as you are to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you start the season off tethering them down, I mean, I, I would be confident in your dog if you say, no, she's not going to break to where. Yeah, okay. Oh. And if she does break, I'm just going to kind of give you the eyebrow. That's going to be it. It's, you know, stuff happens. Well, this year this year will be similar. I'll have, like, I'll have my camera set up. The first couple flocks, I'm just, I'll just be there with my remote, and she moves. She's going to get lit. My I got, wife, I got a lot of dying. respect for you for that because I want to be a part of the action. See, um, that's my other worry with getting a dog is – I'm still in that I want to shoot birds phase of life. Yeah. I haven't hit that. I'm never leaving it. I don't see. I don't know if I'll ever leave it either. And because like across all of my aspects of hunting, like this year, part of the reason I haven't had like great success with the turkeys is I've s- kind of sat the sidelines trying to get my dad and then Terrell and I took you and I've been hunting with Dane, been trying to get people turkeys. And two weekends ago when we were out west with Jared, we had a bird that. If I was first up to shoot, would have died. Yeah. But I was trying my darndest to get trailed turkey, and it just would never work out. 
even the one that I did kill this year, we were trying to get trail to kill it. So I haven't left that phase where I want to shoot stuff yet. And it pains me when I'm not shooting. And I worry if I get a dog, I won't pay enough attention to it because I want to shoot birds. <laughs> As we get older, though, I'm running into more buddies that hunt that are, I want to watch my dog work. You know, two years ago, I went hunting out at a spot with a guy I knew, but I really haven't hunted with him. And we're hammering teal in the morning. And he's just calling and sitting there. And I say, dude, are you going to shoot? And he says, oh, I just really like calling. I like working the birds. I used to guide and all that stuff. And I said, what, what are you here for? Like, don't get me wrong. I love calling <laughs> birds in. I love watching a bird do it and do mm-hmm. it right. But at the end of the day, I'm there to have a good time. Not only to kill birds. It's not the only thing I want to do. Yeah. But if the opportunity's there. You're shooting. I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be that old guy. I kid, I even, even this year, there were so many hunts where you kind of just were like, all right, you're shooting today. Just You didn't really even care. The one time I was okay with I don't want to shoot is when I took my oldest son out the first couple times. You know, we had a gadwell come floating in. Hey, man, it's all you. I'm not going to shoot. There goes three decoys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he pulls up and he hammers that one. And that that right there was justification in me that I did something right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had a his first. He didn't really hunt this year. He went out once or twice. And he's busy. He's working. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 17 years old now. And yeah. talks to girls. And it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, last year he shot. He went five, six times. He shot 11 ducks. Like, cool, man. That's That was his first year hunting. My first year hunting, I shot one. One yeah. teal. Yeah, the first year I hunted, I shot one greenhead. That's all I shot. And it took me till Thanksgiving to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a couple decoys, too, that I still owe Jared for. But, you know, <laughs> growing pains, right? Yeah. But I look forward to getting my other kids out doing the same thing with Sawyer, and I really look forward to having my daughter just be a stone-cold killer out in the field. I mean, I want I want nothing more than that little girl to put put grown men to shame when it comes to shooting birds. I feel that. Especially me. I'm, let your old man shoot. You just stay down there. Don't make me look bad. Yeah, I, growing up, I it was... If you didn't get up there quick, it was already dead. My dad, <laughs> ooh, he did not let you get it. You were not getting it because he wasn't getting there first. But I did that once his first year. It was it was just so perfect. And I pulled up and shot. And I turned and looked at him, and he gave me them eyes like, Dad. <laughs> and I was like, it just happened. <laughs> I've done that. This, this is a routine, kid. <laughs> I've done that so many times to Terrell or like um, when Micah used to hunt with me. I don't know how many times I watched that dude shoot three times at a duck, miss it all three times, <laughs> just, you know, clean up for him. <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Yeah. That's also one of the best things to watch. Watch a guy whiff it three times. And then and somebody like, clean oh, it I'll up. I'll take care of this yeah. for you. It's only 45 yards out there now. Yeah. Dump. <laughs> Right. 
Uh, that's the funniest thing. I mean, I, I'm with my job. Some, you know, I take some guys out, and there was a corporate trip, and it was a pen race pheasant hunt, and I, we threw out 50 birds, and we had, was it six or seven guys? And it was Dane and I that were guiding him, and I had my gun with me. I wasn't planning on shooting much, and I don't know how many birds got, like, umpteen amount of shells shot at it, and about 40, I'm like, Fine pop and i just kill him <laughs> and even dane like a week or two ago he was like yeah he's like man the amount of birds you killed that day because you just had to clean up i'm <laughs> like oh, sorry oh, you see a lot of them hunts my my buddy the place he used to work for they had a, a pheasant hunt, and it was a european style they throw the yeah. birds out you know he goes i'm not paying for it whatever i'll yeah. go he said there's guys there that shot seven boxes of shells <laughs> And Bird. shot three birds. <laughs> They're throwing them in front of you. Oh, I would have a heyday on a European pheasant hunt. I'm not going to lie. I'm not surprised. But yet, like, yeah. And they're shooting twenty browning Satori's and uh, browning Synergies. And, you know, you spent three grand on a shotgun. Yeah. And, oh, oh, absolutely. Don't shoot. <laughs> Yeah, the guys that I went, I took them on a, a snow goose hunt. We shot a few, and then we took them on that um, that upland hunt, and all of them bought like new a, a super black eagle threes. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, let's go. <laughs> the guy that shows up and pulls it out of the box to put it together, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You gonna grease that? Oh yeah, I gotta grease it. Yeah, you gotta grease it. <laughs> it's a Browning Satori. <laughs> Just stick to the Stoger that shoots better if it's dirty. Oof. Uh, yeah, I don't know my about dad that. Has a, my dad had a Stoger, and that thing is a piece of crap. I shoot I Winchester, know. though, and that thing, once you break it in, man, <laughs> I haven't cleaned it since the Snow end of geese. Canada. Oh, I'm oh, never wow. shooting anything but a Browning, <laughs> but I got buddies that shoot Stogers, and you have zero issues with it until he cleans it. So the only way he cleans it is he fires one of them cleaning rounds through it. That's all he does. Hmm. So if he cleans it, it'll be a month well, before that gun shoots right. Takes it apart. But you shoot a Browning, uh, what do you shoot? Maxis, too. Maxis. See, I, I go back and forth. I'd like an A5 or a Maxis someday. but I would have never switched from the original Maxis if you could have put an extended tube on it. Yeah. Hmm. But I wanted to get big into snow goose hunting. All this talk from these guys that I know. <laughs> and uh, there's just something about that vintage tan that I had to have. Yeah. Because I like that ugly, gaudy stuff mm-hmm. that sticks out. Why, why you got to be that guy? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually uh, I posted on that, that same post that I posted, like, hey, what, what should we talk about this week? And that was a couple weeks ago. Um, was it Ryan? Ryan? He, he does Cerakoting. He's out of Fremont. And I was like, man, I need to stop being putts. And I have told him the last two years I was going to take my gun to him. Cause speaking of that, you didn't, I actually want to get my gun Cerakoted you didn't, too. Did you clean your gun after that rainy day? Yeah, I did clean it after that. Oh, yes. Okay. Cause we got rained on like yeah. real good. And I, I'm not awesome about cleaning my gun. It's usually, like, the end of each season. So, like, teal, duck, Canada, snow goose. But, like, if I, if it gets rained on or it gets dunked, like, I'm really good about cleaning my gun because yeah. I, I don't want to rust. But I've been to I, – I 
the last two years, I keep saying, like, because mine's getting surface for us. Mm-hmm. So is mine. I actually, I, I, I usually, because I usually buy just the synthetic when I buy a new gun, and then after a couple of years, once it starts to get a few nicks and whatnot, I I either wrap it or I want to do a Cerakote, though. I want to, because, like, right around the action, it's starting to get surface for us, and I'm like, I think it's about time. I want to get, like, a like a dark brown on it, Yeah, just get it all brown, and then the stock where it has those rubber pads, just get black or keep it black, but I don't need to talk about that later, but I'd like to do a podcast with him, but yeah, I just, I don't know. My, there was a, there's a super black Eagle that came up on auction, like original super black Eagle. And it went for, I think 2000. I almost thought about buying it, but uh, I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews on the max. Either people love them or people hate them. I've heard the same thing too. Um, there's a bunch of people that that'll tell you it's, it's junk. I mean, yeah. you're, you're shooting a Winchester, what? That's X4. That's X4. Same gun. Yeah. I mean, you give me. That, a, that's why I want the to go to Browning because Winchester's just a cheap version of Browning. Absolutely. So. I've got no problem with the SX4s. I've shot them. The SX3s. I like them too. A little bit cheaper, you know. Mm-hmm. 900 bucks cheaper <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for the same thing but then you if you get down into the like i had a, a 12 gauge sxp oh dude the S- sxps are terrible i actually took that to arkansas with me oh. and uh <laughs> it's lucky it came out of the wma without getting left or thrown at a tree and you would sh- i would shoot one and go to reload and the shell would fall out the bottom and we're in a WMA's 15 shells, right? Oh, in our, oh my goodness. Now, I have an SXP 20 gauge uh-huh. that my son shot up until this year. I, I, I bought a Stoger backup for trips just to pump. Yeah. And uh, he was shooting that this year. But that SXP 20 gauge is flawless. Really? I would trust that gun on any hunt. Mm-hmm. That Waterfowl Edition 12 gauge, garbage. Yeah, Micah had one, and after like three months, some piece broke in the action, so he would shoot, and the it just wouldn't read. Like you couldn't pull the action down to save your life. I just I just feel like gun manufacturers like so I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them like they put all their big money into the semi autos, and they don't put enough quality into the the pump actions anymore. They mm-hmm. used to be that way. Like, I have a Mossberg that I still have in there that is, I don't, it's been through more mud, more rain, never been, I don't think I've ever cleaned it, and I think it will fire no matter what. I will tell you the Benelli's, uh, Benelli Novas, oh, those things go forever. My dad's got one that's 20 years old. Hey, maybe they they were good 20 years ago, but the one I got, I never, it never shot right. Really? Maybe it's just me. With I know those, they kick like a mule, but they ain't bad until they break in half. Oh my <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear about. Them. Yeah, I know a the lot Novas, of people but... that have the Novas, but I mean, in fact, I tried to convince when Mike was getting a shotgun. I told him I was like, "Bro, it's fifty dollars more to get a Nova," and my dad has had his for a decade and a half and has killed more things than I know. Mm. <laughs> really, to say it, and like the only issue it has is the butt stocks on those things. <laughs> It's like putting a ah, it's like hard shoe leather. Yep. 
so the only reason it, I've it got, kicks you. The only reason why I still have my Benelli Nova is because my dad gave it to my to me for my 16th birthday. So it's never going to go anywhere. But hmm. never yeah. sell guns anyway. But you, it's it's hard to justify. I'm assuming for a manufacturing company to put money into a pump when the price point is 300 to 350 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I bought that Stoger pump for a backup. That was $300. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get it. I wish somebody would make like a quality one, but I can't say that because I, I wouldn't buy it anyway because I don't like pumps that much. I like semis. Dude, I, once I switched over to a semi-automatic, I will never go back. I don't even like shooting clays with a pump because I just, <laughs> I sit there and shoot and then I just am expecting to be able to shoot again. <laughs> I was really good with the pump, like my how quick I was with it, but then again, I just... I, I I prefer some eyes. See, buy that SXP because it just ejects it for no, you. No, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> throw my, the next one on the ground. My next one I'll buy, or probably the next gun I'll buy, other than like an AR or something like that, is I'm gonna buy a. I would, I want the Super Black Eagle 320 gauge. Oh yeah. I we got a buddy Jared from out west that bought one. He loves it. Did you ask? Is it a Super he, Black Eagle? Uh, he texted me that like he must it is that same day that he texted me about the YouTube thing. He texted me and said that that's what he had bought. Super Black Eagle 3. Okay. I didn't, like, take a super long look at it. The thing feels like it weighs about three pounds, though. I'm about it. Like, I honestly, I looked at, I saw the barrel, and I was like, oh, that's a 20-gauge. And I was like, that's a 20-gauge? I put it in my hands. I was like, no, take it away from me right now. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to, like, I want to sub-gauge. I'm just going to be honest. There's no way I'm buying it this year no, with all I, the stuff I got going on. But yeah. I would, like, if I was going to do it, I would want to buy one, and then Dustin's going to love me. For, I'd buy Boss for it, for sure. Oh, there it is. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> I just don't. I I, I shoot fine with my yeah. Federal Blue Box. Same. See, I get it. I get it. I was really, I was happy and then heartbroken the other day because I was walking through Walmart and saw a bunch of federal blue box sitting on the shelves. And I, I've just been keeping my eye open now, preparing for duck season. This is all double B, and I was like, I just don't. The Walmart four-pack special, the double B, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. It is yeah. everywhere. Last season, going into October, and a lot of people shot them at ducks, which was painful. Uh, the... Northeast Walmart had a crate of like a thousand of those dropped off yep. and they were just all over that store and I think they might actually still have a few of them there from that yeah, shipment they- because and I don't get it it's like why send so many double B I mean I just that's all they have I'm it, assuming. I get it had to be that but when they get a pallet you're walking around like you I need to get a loaf of bread. You walk over there, there's a four-pack of double bees sitting by the bread. You're like, what decision was made here? <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody said, I better go with food this time. <laughs> I, I, I get it by the beer, but, I mean, the bread aisle? Yeah. The little kid toy section? Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have not purchased my boss for the year, but I need to, need to get it ordered. Get, I, in, get the pre-order. I was going to order it for a 20-gauge 
for my son when I was I was having issues finding twenty gauge, and uh, that's another reason too why I bought that Stoger pump too. I needed a backup, and I'm like, well, I got a crap ton of twelve gauge, so yeah, I'll just buy this, and it was my justification to my wife of buying another shotgun. <laughs> We've been together for <laughs> married for six years, and I've bought. Like six or seven shotguns between me and my kids. And yeah, buddy. I mean, if I can get away with buying, well, I need it for this reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with it. So, <laughs> no, I know how that goes. This last year, I would buy an ammo and stuff. She gave me a lot, of, a lot of crap about, it, especially buying boss. But let's see how this goes. This year goes. Still gonna be the same way. But gonna put them in a lock tight. A watertight box this year. <laughs> Just throwing money away. <laughs> Camera gear or shells? <laughs> All <laughs> the above. <laughs> I had to stick one jab in there. Hunter's going to be in the field with one of those giant pelican boxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually, my, I, well, I ordered through my brother because uh, he had, he, he could get a discount with him through the church because yeah. of all the gear they had bought. So I actually own one, but I don't have one in my possession. It's an Omaha, so uh, it, it'll, whenever I see it, it'll it make, your, make its way to you eventually. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like, it's like, I would say like it's very similar to like a briefcase. Yeah. Like it's I, not big and bulky, but. I have a small one, but it's just for GoPro stuff. It's not, it actually probably be big enough for my camera now, but. Well, if we're going to do all the filming that we want to do this year, I'm going to be toting that around a lot. Yeah. You guys want to go to Arkansas sometime? I know a guy there. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> I want to go to Arkansas. Uh, I don't know if I can convince him to go down there now. <laughs> he sold his boat, but he said, he said, if you come down, I'll find a boat. I can get a boat to use. So, because he hasn't been duck hunting. Like, he's a big turkey hunter, too. He comes Ooh. up this way, turkey hunting. Yeah. And, uh but he said ever since, you know, that Arkansas is just not what it used to be. But there's something about, even if it's mediocre hunting, that mallard's coming through that timber. That's just. I want to see it once in my life. Oh, Must be nice. Must be nice. You didn't see it at all? No. <laughs> I had wood ducks that were just kind of rolling through the trees that I shot. I did go all the way there. We did that, too. Hey, I shot. I, I, got, I got two woodies of 40 yards in the trees. That's a win. But we went all the way to Arkansas to get guided on a spec hunt from a guy from York, <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> I think I know his name. Uh, Eric Becker. Yeah. Yeah, he's a decent guy. But it's pretty interesting to call up. And, you know, where are you coming from? Oh, I live in Greenwood. Oh, Greenwood, Nebraska. He's like, oh, I live in York. We're going to Arkansas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, I so I've got a connection down there that said he'll find the equipment. And he knows guys in Louisiana that'll come down too, and it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good trip. Very inexpensive. I got some lodging down there that'll be not the greatest lodging in the world. They're trailers, but it's two hundred fifty bucks a week per person is what we paid the last time we were there. Sounds all right to me. Hey, it Can't slept ten guys, 15, 12, 13, 14. Guys, total. I mean, between the guys from Louisiana and everything. Yeah. So. Went from the meth shack to the meth hotel. There was SWAT there one night. 
It was that whole trip, man. I'll never forget it. Not for good reasons. <laughs> no, not for good reasons. It was a disaster. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. That's probably not my first trip on my books. I'd rather go to rather go down and hunt in the big hunker lodge and go hunt some cranes. That's one thing I wanted. I want to do some crane hunting out there. And that's I, where I want to go. I I might have a connection in Colorado now. I just want to walk out in my jeans and a t-shirt. Go walk out my happy butt sitting in an A-frame and watch them come in. But I haven't experienced North Dakota yet. And I want to do that with some guys that know what they're doing. Because I don't want to go out there with my head cut off. What What do you want to do in North Dakota? Duck and goose hunt. Oh. He wants Free to go. Land. I want to do the early goose. Dude, I'm not doing that. That's a mess. In August? Every dude, every dude I've talked to uh, said that's been a disaster. Is that 50, is that the one where it's 15 geese? I think it, yeah, it's 10 or 15. But it's oh, it's er, it's like mid-August. 80 degrees, mosquitoes. <laughs> there's an early that's turkey hunting. <laughs> uh, there's a early season. I think it's in New York where you don't even got to plug your gun. No. Yeah, as I say. I think Pennsylvania is the same thing, which is crazy because some of those states during regular season, it's like two birds. Yep. And then, but you can have, they have that season. I don't know. It's weird to me. I got, I got one topic I wanted to bring up. Um, What is your thought of this split for the whites and the specs that we get every year? When our specs are here, we've talked about it like four or five times on the Pissed podcast. Me off. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> like, okay, I must not have listened to those. Yeah, ones, we're but. we're all for something being done with that. It doesn't make sense. It's like literally that whole week. I think we had two or three different hunts, or that what is it, two and a half weeks where the split is. We had several hunts where we could have killed specs and even some snows. Yeah, we, had, we had, in that week we had two or three hunts where we had five guys with us. Two flocks, we would limit out in specs. Yeah, yeah. I think within the next two years, they're going to change something with that split, and I think our spec limit will go up to three. I know it did in Arkansas. I I think it's going to start slowly moving north. With everything changing in the flyways, you know, we're getting little geese. Mm -hmm. We're getting snows here when we never really had snows here. We had snows. We had snows till like thanksgiving this year like for the early portion Mm -hmm. it was crazy usually i hardly ever see them until late season what's your thoughts on little geese because they also piss me off (laughs) they're love i have a love-hate relationship that's why i own dive bomb socks just for when the little geese are here well that wasn't that that hunt you were on you saw a lot of with us with there was a lot of little geese out that way i gave up we gave i I told Jared after that hunt, though you were on, I said I'm not hunting this area again unless they're feeding. They'd been if they feed here or feed somewhere. Oh yeah, for two nights. But they're feeding 300 <laughs> yards from us. Don't even start. Oh, not 300. Okay, a quarter mile. <laughs> don't even start on a property me. you guys had permission for. Yeah. Don't start. With me. That was not my doing. That was not my plan. You know, honestly, when it comes to Jared, bless his heart. When he's, well, we're going to hunt this field. Well, what other field are you thinking about? Because we're going to split up. Oh, I agree. (laughs) I don't know. It is for whatever reason. So if you go through that area, there's two towns. And I'm not going to say them because I don't want anybody out there. Either I have found that it's uh, like each each other year, one 
town is really good and one really sucks. The year before, we slammed them in that town that we were hunting, and the other one sucked. So it's just alternating. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know why the birds are like that. But, like, a few hunts after that, we set up and smacked some little geese. Uh So, the one that you missed out on. No. I wasn't invited on the one where you guys smacked the little geese. Mm -hmm. Well, there was two times we killed, or actually three. Two times, you were in the hunt, and then he left, and we hunted in the evening, too, and we smacked little geese. We smacked him the next day. And then yeah, the, you told one. me not to come the next day, but I'm talking. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then there was one more hunt that we smacked him. But but I think it's always best to shoot. It, it's always the best to shoot the big honkers because that's what we're used to. But there's yeah. something about shooting a cackler that's the size of a mallard that's just hilarious. <laughs> and I, I like it. I love it. Those things are like little raptors on the ground when they hit the ground. <laughs> They're See, just... He did like we we're talking about that. Like, that's that story was hilarious. And then like, fast forward to snow goose season. I was talking about how like aggressive and rapid they feed. And he had the same experience watching feeds. Mm-hmm. It's like I've snow got a, geese will do that. I've got a couple videos where you're just. It's like they're running across the ground. Like they're moving so fast. It just like yeah, like little raptors. like a wave of birds just covering ground. So they kind of remind me of those little deals on. Uh, are they called the little deals on Jurassic Park? They're like tiny, like yay oh, big. Now the raptors, I know what you're talking about, but like the tiny little things, like yeah, you know, <laughs> that that nailed it down right too. Exactly, but yeah, it's to bring a new person with you too that doesn't know what a cackler is or a lesser. They just think it's a goose. They're like, well, these geese do it so good, and now these geese that we're hunting are just flying around and flying around and flying around, and that's. Why you're going to pull your hair out and start to ball yeah. <laughs> like yeah. me. I mean, it's, they're not easy to kill. If they, they want to be difficult, they're going to be difficult. You're not going to change their mind from being difficult. <laughs> I will say, My, or go ahead. I will say one thing, like, you know, cause I obviously through social media and YouTube, I will say one thing that you guys do that I've noticed this year, why you probably struggle with the cacklers. I feel like cacklers don't do good with an A-frame blind sitting there. They don't do as well, no. I think you got to basically be to the ground. When them little geese are here, and I know Jared's against it, and you hunt with Jared a lot, but you've got to get him laying on the ground. Yeah. You, I, it, I, it's, it, the reasoning, I it's uncomfortable. I'm in the same boat as he is, but I'm laying on the ground. You can get yourself a comfortable layout blind. I have one. That Alps blind with that chair in there is amazing. You just... Got to get him to sit in it and know that he can be comfortable and otherwise you're going to be watching geese. Oh, I know what I'm going to pray for is actually some cold weather so we can <laughs> get some too, big yeah. geese. No, but you like sitting here, watch, sitting in an A-frame, you're just seeing all these little geese go around and it's my favorite. You're just like, God, these things are really annoying. And you just look down the horizon, you just see big old two fat honkers coming around. You're like, F you, man. Like, <laughs> putting your finger up the sky, like, F you, dude. You just see this fat honkers coming, like, you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die real dirty. <laughs> Come here, boys. They're like spoonies. They're coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. Come here, big boys. <laughs> no, I just, 
screw these. That's why I kept saying screw these little geese. We just need some honkers and I just. I I just hope we get some weather this year, man. Hey, they were all over when season closed. There was more geese after season this year than yeah. I, I think I've noticed since I've lived here. Mm-hmm. Well, we had to compaction because a lot of the big honkers finally came down and were like staged here for a little bit. And then we got that warm streak with all that the small geese were like coming up. Oh, yeah, because we got rest <laughs> rest right season end we ha- ended. We had that week of like single digits yeah and then even a couple of days in the negatives and it pushed all those birds down from the north and then it warmed up yep this spring it was cool but frustrating to watch we had so many different types of waterfowl between mid-february and the end of march just stuck in nebraska i don't know how many hunts we could have limited out on canada's like i kid you not we could have limited out Almost uh, every night we were out there. Screw the Canada's. We could have shot 500 ducks oh, I during uh, snow goose season this year. they just come land. Like, we could have shot a stupid amount of ducks. Yep. Eh, last year, or not last year, the year before, when Jerry, like, there's so many ducks coming through that spread, and he's like, oh, look, there's a pack of common McGansers, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Oogie. but I'm. Um, I don't get it. They got to change dates or something. They got to push something back, or I don't. The the weather patterns are all wrong, and nothing's going to be how it used to be. Back in our day of us being younger, so something's yeah. got to change, or they need to let us hunt cranes here. <laughs> That's yeah. I know. I'm sorry, buddy. I think we'll lose our hunting privileges before something like that would ever even be considered. Uh, I don't know. I just think that, how do I say this? I, th- I think that yeah, the, the cranes are so hard because there's just so many people that migrate here in the spring that comes and watches them. There would be a lot of backlash. Like See, I, I think- It was crazy. I was talking to somebody that... Her and her sister. Her sister came from like Colorado, and they all came to Kearney to yeah. come watch. Everybody them. goes like, to Fort Kearney. Like you legitimately like took a family vacation to go look at cranes. Like nothing else, just look at them. I watched them every day for the whole time they were here because I go to Western Nebraska all the time. And the only thing that cranes mean to me when they come through here because we can't hunt them, it means my snow geese are about to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that because then I saw cranes one day and I was still seeing snow geese that day. The next day, I saw two or three flocks of snow geese and then they were gone. And that's what I've, I've can't remember where I heard it, but they say, Hey, when you see your first cranes, snow geese are about to be gone. Yep. Hmm. So I paid attention to it and I was like, that's pretty accurate. And then, you know, we have two weeks left of snow season where it's not as, not a snow over your spread at all. I mean, once you get, I mean, I've always said that once you get to that last week of March, it's pretty much done. You might get a couple here and there. If you get into April, it's just not even donating time. Yeah, you want to be away from your wife or something. Hate your dog or something. Your non-hunting dog. <laughs> your cat. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus. I don't know. I said it. <laughs> You better edit that up for your wife hears this. 
Mm, she's probably in the bedroom by now. She's going to sleep. She got done working 12 hours as a nurse. Bless her soul. Bless her heart. She's a better person than I am. She's got to work her 12 hours so I can buy my boss ammo. You got to work in 12 hours so the money that's supposed to go to your boss ammo can go towards your baby. <laughs> tomato, tomato, she hasn't tomato. told you yet, but you're being downgraded from boss to, we'll give you Rio. I don't even know if they make that anymore. Actually, that was the ammo that I used to shoot, like pre-boss. It was good stuff. You still have a bunch of it, don't you? Not really. Do they make it anymore? I don't know. Because I thought about trying it, and I just don't see it anymore. I used to buy from Rogers. I don't, they didn't have it last year. They never could tell me where they were going to get it. And there were some rumors. There were some like late last year that was finally rolling, but I don't know. I even messaged their Instagram account like, hey, I don't, nothing back, huh? Nothing. Hmm. I even know the guy who runs the marketing on it. His name's Jacob. They asked to come home with me. Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, they came, they, when they were coming through, they did like a whole like marketing deal where they're taking photos and videos and stuff. And they, it was a, it was like the end of our ducks and like, I didn't have anything good. So I just told them, I said, I could take you, but it's not going to be anything great. And I just, I even asked him and I didn't really get an answer out of him either. So I don't know. It's good while it lasted. It's a good price point when they were, I mean, I'm assuming that's why you were shooting it that time. Yeah, uh, when I first bought it, the first year that I did it, because I bought it really heavy two years. The first year was price point. The second time or second year was just purely because it shot well for me. I killed a lot of ducks and geese with it. And then, there, yes, last year, I probably would have bought it again. And then I kind of got into the boss. And then here yeah, we he, are. He, Became rich. I didn't become mm-hmm. rich. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely poor now. <laughs> I don't know. I think I can kill ducks without spending two, uh, bu- two bucks a shell. I'm the same. Oh, way. absolutely. But is it great stuff? Yeah, I've seen people do awesome. You know, am I am I double tapping birds sometimes? Yeah. Are you killing them dead? Yeah, but you know, duck. I would say, duck for ducks. It's just kind of a okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're trying to be rich. I I do like the kill power for ducks; it kills them dead. But I will say for geese, I for my experience, it's lights out. I will gladly pay the the extra cash for uh, shooting three inch twos of geese because it does it. See now, I'm confused them. with the the shot size selection because people told me they're like, "Oh, you should be you can shoot five shot at geese when it comes to boss." Or three five stack or probably I mean, you probably could early season. I wouldn't do it late season. I mean, I know Jordan from Duck Gun. He he shoots three five at geese. I could see three but they, five. But their season, their seasons like they haven't. I think it's either an early season or something. But and that's what he shoots at them. I mean the that so the banded goose I shot. I would estimate what forty forty five yard shot, and it was a three yeah. five stack blend. So I mean, it's killer. Three fives, but like we're talking like late seed and honkers, three inch twos, baby. Okay, that's what I would do. I just, I just step up to three and a half inch heavy metal. I, I just shoot my federal blue box twos. I mean, if it works, it when works. I'm teal hunting, I shoot teal steel. 
I got teal steel this I love year, it. and I love it. It's awesome. If you uh, see also, if you see for sale, buy it. Oh, I bought like eight boxes last year when I saw it. Also, really good for pheasants. Okay. I liked it a lot. See, I actually like a uh, federal upland steel. You mm-hmm. got that upland version. It, there's nothing different about it. Just uh, the marketing on the outside, but it's uh, was it two and three quarter sixes? I couldn't Perfect. ever. I couldn't ever find it in twelve gauge. Really? It's like you found some, and like by the time I got there, it was gone. Well, I see. A, it. They had it at Shields a while back. I have, dude. I haven't been in Shields in three months. Maybe it's still there. I probably should go look on the shelves. That reminds me. I gotta buy it. Not missing much. Hmm? See, you're not missing much shields right now. It's just a bunch of that turkey stuff. Yeah. They must have sold it out then, because it was about, I would say about three weeks ago that I saw it, so they must have sold it out. I've seen a lot of that twenty that and 20 gauge Cause it around was, town. I think it was, say, like 12 maybe 13 bucks a box, which is kind of expensive, but... Not the right shells now. right now. It's the, pretty normal. The federal blue box is sixteen now, mm-hmm. which pains me. I mean, two years ago I was paying ten ninety nine. Yep. Dude, I, even the Winchester Super X is expensive. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. That's, yeah. This year, I I I definitely did it last year a little bit with the lack of birds, but this year more so. Shot selection is going to be huge to me. None of these just crazy off a whim. Save those shells. Make every shot count. (laughs) Yeah. Amen to that. Make every gallon of gas count, too. (laughs) Yeah. If I can find the cash, I'm buying, even if it's just a little piece of crap, I'm getting a car. A little clunker. (laughs) Yeah. I'll throw a dozen decoys in there, carry them in on my back. I had a. Can't remember what year it was, but a little Ford Focus hatchback. Yeah. <laughs> and I sold it like two and a half years ago. Uh-huh. Right before I right when I moved to Waverly. Yeah. It had seventy two thousand miles on it. Oh. oh no. I bet you wish you had that right now. Uh, that I was driving back and forth to Omaha. I was still <clears throat> working out of there. So it was nice for that. But when you drove on the interstate in the rain, it was it was scary. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Scary, but even my wife's car right now, we got a little Ford Escape she's been driving, and we got tired of having two car payments and sold her Durango and bought that from her sister, and that's, that's doing the job yeah. right now. So there's the little beater we got for going hunting. Shove six guys in there and four decoys in the back's about all we're going to fit. <laughs> oh, no. You might have to ride on top so we can get the four decoys in there. Are you going to get Jared and Pappy in there? <sighs> oh, geez. Their heads are... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. We, and we're now at 54. We should probably get off. Oh. My phone's blown up. I don't know who's messaging me. I know the oh. last message was the guy for this new property I got, so that's going to be good. Amen, brother. It's gone. His oh. family owns it. They sold it. Sorry, buddy. Uh, no, no, they live on it. <laughs> <laughs> I already, I already bought, the, I already bought the thank you basket. They can't sell it. I, I bought the land from them. Yeah, if it's anything like the decoys, I try to buy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna start commenting on stuff because I know you'll buy it, and then I, I'm just gonna hunt with you. Good. <laughs> hey, if he, if he bought the land, just yeah, manage the crap out of it. That <laughs> those decoys that I bought <laughs> were actually in the back of my pickup. <laughs> 
They haven't made it in the green bin yet. <laughs> so I can just take them before I leave, huh? No. <laughs> All right, let's get off now. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you coming on, Dustin. No problem, anytime. We talked for a long time. I can ramble forever. I was going to say, we could talk for another two or three hours. We so. are. I mean, we started out by talking for like 45 minutes, sat down on a podcast. Yeah. So. All right, let's get off here. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Have a good night.